Hello, beautiful people of Earth. Welcome to another edition of our podcast. This is Talam Knox, uh, the voice, or at least for these first few episodes of the Werewolves. We'll get everyone involved as time goes on. The reason for these first few episodes is really just to kind of get an understanding of what the heck these guys are talking about. And uh, today's episode is especially beautiful because it's something near and dear to my heart as a modern mystic. Uh, as a modern mystic, I am very rooted in these concepts that we'll talk about today. I help apply these concepts to counseling sessions with my clients in order to make sense of this material world. Now, our universe can seem very confusing um, to the point of chaotic at times. And depending on your level of awareness, it's as though this world is filled with randomness and uncertainty. This can make finding lasting peace inside uh, among the madness quite elusive. The good news is this is just an illusion, although a very persistent one. Quantum physics and the research specifically of Max Planck tells us that atoms are always scattering around chaotically. And that from this chaos emerges all physical form. That's actually kind of comforting. The universe is playing out based on laws, both sensed and unsensed, that humans possess the mind power to harness. Now, just as unseen forces harness the power contained within an atom, to control its movement and thus form a solid object seemingly out of chaos, so shall humans make sense of this chaos to reveal our divine nature. It's been proven scientifically that the entire universe is governed by forces we like to call the laws of nature, or like for short, the natural laws. Examples of these laws are math, physics, chemistry, and astronomy. Those are just a few examples. The prerequisite for a phenomenon to be considered a natural law is that it must act on all things at all times. An example of a natural law is gravity. There's just no natural way to escape gravity that we currently understand. Now, in the true spirit of rebranding important concepts in order to more or less lead to a salvation, a material, real salvation of our species, we werewolves call the natural laws of the universe, we call them the physical laws, or we like to call them the material laws of the universe. Our, real, our reality is also filled with other natural laws similar to gravity. These unseen laws that uh, affect our seen world, they don't come from a specific author or a specific group of people. These laws are constant, mathematically precise, balanced, and graceful, like gravity. These laws have operated long before our ability to recognize them. Since the origin of these laws is a place we can't sense directly, only indirectly, we do not place any importance on even the most basic common understanding of these laws. As these laws balance out the physical laws of this dual universe, we werewolves call these the metaphysical laws or the immaterial laws of the universe. A better understanding of these metaphysical laws will help bring a sense of inner peace 
and create a deeper understanding of your role within this whole of creation. This new connection will awaken your awareness in such a profound way that it'll be impossible to go back to the old way of thinking. It's funny, we call this being woke. And the beauty of waking up is that you can never go back to sleep. It's both metaphoric, symbolic, and material and real. The most popular example I can think of uh, of, a of a metaphysical law of reality, um, which I'll get into a little bit more detail later, is the law of attraction. This idea is that, you know, likes attract likes. It isn't a law that we can measure with our eyes or our ears or our nose, even our tongue. We can't touch this law, and thus we tend to discount its importance. But I assure you that it is equally real as any material law. This law is playing out on another plane of existence. No, not another dimension. Just another level of our dimension. Our dimension can be broken up into the physical and the mental planes. The mental plane is where our thoughts and the residual remnants of our past thoughts and all spoken words uh, exist. Our thoughts and our words are little packets of energy, or maybe you'd let rather think of them as a bubble. Take the thought bubble emoji on iPhones, for example. This emoji is the physical world manifestation of a metaphysical world concept. These bubbles or packets of energy that exist on the material or the mental plane, sorry, are not as dense as matter. They are material, just not as dense as solid matter. And thus, we're not uh, we don't perceive them with our uh, limited senses. Uh, only our sixth sense, uh, also known as, as our intuition, can pick up on these metaphysical uh, truths. As we all know, uh, energy doesn't disappear because it can't be lost. It only transforms. Everyone I meet seems to be able to recite the foundational concept of quantum physics, which is the place where the metaphysical world is actually thought kind of to reside. You know, the idea that energy is not created or lost, but it can only change forms. Many forms of energy transformation, they remain undetected by our relatively adolescent senses when you compare those to those senses of other animals, take dogs, for example, they can hear better, they can smell better, um, but, you know, uh, they can't see as good. But they do have better senses in some ways. These packets of energy that we call our thoughts, they influence us in ways that we are kind of mostly unaware of. An interesting example of an ancient understanding of these concepts is the fact that we call the correct arrangement of letters to form a word, we call that spelling. We call it spelling due to the fact that the correct pronunciation of words strung together into a spell creates the ability to place a listener under a trance. And so that's why putting the letters in the correct order are so important to create that spell, the correct pronunciation. The spell isn't something the material world necessarily senses, but, or we, or kind of pick up on, but it certainly makes a lot of sense as to why people in power positions seem to be able to keep their followers in a trance regardless of logic or reason. The United States of America, for example, currently finds itself in the midst of this right now with 
many citizens choosing to accept comfortable lies over what might be viewed as uncomfortable truths. Now, I'm about to present the uh, 12 main physical laws of the universe, and you may wonder why I say it like that. Well, science in both the most narrow and broad sense is evolving alongside humanity, and it would be very unwise and short-sighted for the werewolves to assert that many more absolute truths of the universe will not reveal themselves in the years and millennia to come if we don't destroy ourselves first. I'm going to go through each of the metaphysical laws of nature and break each one down for you uh, in order for you to better apply these laws directly to your life in your current everyday situations and not in some other dimension, but in your life. I'm also going to include some quotes uh, from historical and well-known figures that best uh, exemplify the nature of each one of these laws. And together, hopefully we can uh, come together and learn how to uh, better apply these laws um, in our lives collectively. Now, the first law I want to go ahead and speak of very important law. It's the law of divine oneness. Now, this law says that everything is connected to everything else. We're all atoms. Everything is atoms. What we think, say, and do, and even believe will have a corresponding effect on others and the universe around us. All of humanity and Gaia, or God, the common understanding of God, are one. We are always connected to the force of God because the energy of God is everywhere at once and and permeates through all things, living or material, as well as the knowledge of God is infinite and always available to us. Each soul is part of God's infinite spirit. Everything that exists seen and unseen are connected to each other, inseparable from each other, to a field of divine oneness, divine all-knowing, or the matrix, or pure consciousness, or the universal mind, or the universal energy source sometimes also known as the life force, God, everything is one. Increasing awareness of this law will increase our awareness of God or Gaia, the world soul, and awareness of being connected to everything. It is important for us as a human race to start realizing and understanding this law. As we do, we will realize that what we think of each other has an effect on the whole of creation. As we think of others in good terms, they will in turn think of us in good terms. It is essential that the thoughts, feelings, and actions be good for we reap what we sow. Now, the leader of the Baha'i faith, which I can't really pronounce with my southern accent, so I'll leave that to you to Google, uh, said this. He said, ye are all leaves of one tree and the fruits of one branch. A new age cult god in some ways, Alan Watts, said, you and I are all as much continuous with the physical universe as a wave is continuous with the ocean. Muhammad Iqbal, which is the spiritual father of Pakistan, said, Our bread and water are of one table. The progeny of Adam are as a single soul. The following quote is from Marcus Aurelius. All things are linked with one another, 
and this oneness is sacred. There is nothing that is not interconnected with everything else, for things are interdependent, and they combine to form the universal order. There is only one universe made up of all things, and one creator who pervades them. There is one substance and one law, namely, common reasoning in all thinking, creatures, and all truth is one. If, as we believe, there is only one path of perfection for all beings who share the same mind. Joseph Rain, who uh, is an author, says, The universe is constructed of fundamental forces or fields, resembling an invisible nervous system which stretches throughout space and is continuously vibrating, becoming and transforming trillions of times per second. Now, the following two quotes are from, from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Everyone knows who he is. First one says, Science reveals that all life on Earth is one. Now, this is a scientist. He says, the theory of, of evolution, like the theory of gravity, is a scientific fact. Evolution really happened. Accepting our kinship with all life on Earth is not only sci solid science. In my view, it's also a soaring spiritual experience. The Law of Vibration Everything in the universe moves, vibrates, and travels in circular patterns. The same principles of vibration in the physical world apply to our thoughts, feelings, desires, and wills in the etheric world. Each sound, thing, and even thought has its own vibrational frequency that's unique unto itself. Anything that exists in our universe, whether seen or unseen, broken down into and analyzed in its purest and most basic form, consists of pure energy, we might consider this light, which resonate, resonates and exists as a vibrational frequency or pattern, all matter thoughts and feelings has its own vibrational frequency the thoughts feelings and actions we choose to have also have their own particular rates of vibration these vibrations will set up resonance with whatever else possesses identical frequency in other words your thoughts are inseparably connected to the rest of the universe like attracts like as you choose good thoughts, more good thoughts of a like nature will follow, and you will also be in vibrational harmony with other people with those like thoughts. That's raising one's consciousness. <clears throat> Science reveals that everything in the manifested universe is ultimately composed of packets of energy, quantized units vibrating at specific frequencies. Quantum physics has shown that, although matter may appear to be solid, when you look at it through a high-powered microscope, you see that it is broken down into the smallest components, molecules, atoms, neutrons, electrons, and quanta. It is ultimately mostly empty space, interspersed with energy. So, in essence, everything is comprised of energy and empty space. Everything that appears solid is the frequency of the vibration of the energy that makes it up. An interesting fact about this is that the denser the object, the higher the speed of vibration at the same time. The lower the density of an object, the lower the speed of vibration. <coughs> For us, as humans, thought is where it all begins. As your, as your conscious mind dwells habitually on thoughts of a certain quality, these become firmly embedded in the subconscious mind. 
they become the dominant vibration. This dominant vibration sets up a resonance with other similar vibration and draws them into your life. This is easier to understand if you consider that from the metaphysical view, the whole universe is mind. In turn, your vibrations affect everything around you, your environment, the people and animals around you, the innate objects, even the seemingly empty space, and they in turn affect you. Your feeling at the very present moment dictates your vibration. It is said that feeling is a word to define conscious awareness of vibration. So your feeling at the moment is your vibration. You are in which sets up the things like nature. So basically positive feelings equal positive circumstances and negative feelings equal negative circumstances. (coughs) Hermes, that's life's greatest who I quoted in our original episode, uh, had this to say about, about this. He who understands the principle of vibration has grasped the scepter of power. <coughs> Gihar Yoshi, which is an Indian spiritual leader, said, If each atom of an object is vibrating, the whole object can be said to be vibrating, even if we don't see it in a state of movement. Alaric Hutchinson, the author of Living Peace, said, Vibration can be shifted through mastery of thought. The Law of Action This law must be employed in order for us to manifest things in the physical world. We must engage in actions that support our thoughts, dreams, emotions, and words. (coughs) The law of action states that you must do the things and perform the actions necessary to to achieve what you are setting out to do. Unless you take actions that are in harmony with your thoughts and dreams and proceed in an orderly fashion towards what you want to accomplish, there will be absolutely no foreseeable results. It is here with the law of action that most people falter when pursuing success. It could be their fears or laziness that get in the way. You can also relate this law to that of the law of cause and effect. This cause is your action, and you take the action, there will be a corresponding effect, that of which you may know or only the universe will know the effect, but there will be an effect. Only by taking actions which correspond with our free will desires is the way that the universe will know what you want it to bring into your life. If you wish to learn, take action or steps to learn, read books, study, etc. Only then will the universe know what you're striving for, what you're passionate about, what you're looking for. When you take action from the smallest thing from writing a to-do list in the morning, you set into motion corresponding effects that change your immediate future. If you follow up day after day, it can become a habit. And this habit of living is the results of exponential ability. But if you fail uh, to take action, then there won't be much uh, in your future as far as results. So if you take action, you get results. If you're the type of person who just talks or thinks about what they're going to do, you're not acting and you're not following a law of nature that says you're not going to get what you want unless you act upon it. Ernest Hemingway uh, actually uh, stated this very well. He said, "Never never mistake motion for action. It's pretty good. 
Now, Leonardo da Vinci, he stated, every action needs to be prompted by a motive. Keep that in mind. Pablo Picasso, another artist, you got three artists here, people expressing themselves, say that action is the foundational key to all success. That's Pablo Picasso. W. Clement Stone says, thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. Those in the self-help industry or aware of the self-help industry might know who Zig Ziglar is. He said, it was character that got us out of bed, commitment that moved us into action, and discipline that enabled us to follow through. Confucius says, when it is obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals. Adjust the action steps. The Law of Correspondence This universal law states that the principles or laws of physics that explain the physical world, energy, light, vibration, and motion, have their corresponding principles in the metaphysical world or etheric world. This is seen in the statement, as above, so below. This universal law states that the principles or laws of physics that explain the physical world are your outer life, and this is a reflection of your inner life. There is a direct correspondence between the way that you think and feel on the inside and the way that you act and experience on the outside. Manly P. Manly P. Hall, a famous Freemason and mystic of the 20th century, said, We are the gods of our atoms, yet we are the atoms to our gods. Your relationships, health, wealth, and position are mirror images of your inner world. All that we see in our universe is an outer expression and manifestation of the inner will of the infinite mind. It is thought that is the creative mechanism or drive upon which creation is birthed or expressed. Both inner and outer correspond, just as there is sacred connection between the correlation between us and God. <clears throat> A book called The Kybalion, which is written by the Three Initiates, and is a 20th century book based on Hermetic teachings, said, just as knowledge of the principles of geometry enables man to measure distant suns and their movements while seated in his observatory, so a knowledge of the principle of correspondence enables man to reason intelligently from the known to the unknown. The Law of Cause and Effect <clears throat> Nothing happens by chance or outside of the universal laws. Every action has a reaction or consequence. Like I said, we reap what we sow. Ralph Waldo Emerson said the law of cause and effect is the law of laws. The most important lesson involving human conduct in interaction seen in the cosmic law of cause and effect. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Every human thought, word, and deed is a cause that sets off a wave of energy throughout the universe, which in turn creates the effect, whether desirable or undesirable. The law states that the effect must to physical, the, the effect must be for physical manifestation. This is why good thoughts, words, emotions, and deeds are essential for a better world, and they create all these good effects. With every thought of, of intention, action, and emotion that is, that is transmitted through you, a person sets into motion 
unseen chains of effects which vibrate from this mental plane uh, through the entire cellular structure of the body and out into the environment, which finally reaches the cosmos. Eventually, the vibratory energy returns to the original source upon the swing of the pendulum, the cause and effect. The law of cause and effect states that every cause has an effect, and every effect becomes the cause of something else. This law suggests that the universe is always in motion and progressed from a chain of events. If you want to look at this law from a philosophical point of view, every cause and effect has had its worldly purpose to what we are currently experiencing. Albert Einstein said, God does not play dice with the universe. This expresses the law of cause and effect. Isaac Newton said, as I said, to every action, there is an always opposed and equal reaction. In the Kabbalion, it states, every thought we think and every act we perform has its direct and indirect results within the great chain of cause and effect. Nothing is large or small, small in the mind of the all because they're connected. The law of compensation. The law, the universal law of compensation is the law of cause and effect applied to blessings and abundance that are provided for us. The visible effects of our deeds are given to us in gifts, money, inheritances, friendships, and blessings. You get in, or you get out what you put in, essentially. Much like the law of karma, you are divinely compensated in accordance with the time, effort, positive attentions, deeds, and actions that you have put in. In other words, you reap what you sow. If you would like to raise what you reap, you need to increase what you contribute. Marianne Williamson said the universe is set up to work on your behalf. Ralph Waldo Emerson said the whole of what we know is a system of compensations. Every defect in one manner is made up in another. Every suffering is rewarded. Every sacrifice is made up. Every debt is paid. Now move on to the law of attraction. This law demonstrates how we create the things, events, and people that come into our lives. Our thoughts, feelings, words, and actions produce energies which in turn attract like energies. Negative energies attract negative energies and positive energies attract positive energies. Chris ha Charles Hamill said, it is the combination of thought and love which forms the irresistible force of the law of attraction. Esther Jerry Hicks said, to which is like unto itself is drawn. That which is like unto itself is drawn. Michael Lassier said, I attract to my life whatever I give my attention, energy, and focus, whether positive or negative. From the book The Secret, it says, We don't need to complicate all the reasons behind our emotions. It's much simpler than that. Two categories. Good feelings, bad feelings. Catherine Ponder said, what you radiate outwards in your thoughts, feelings, mental pictures, and words you attract unto your life. Picture this. Picture there being two emotions, either love or fear. You manifest these emotions, either love or fear, through your actions, whether it be joy, happiness, terror, pain, suffering, love happiness. All these things are just expressions of the two emotions, either good or bad. Good feelings and emotions are higher vibrations. It's your highest self. 
bad feelings and emotions are lower vibrations and your lowest self. Your, the, your DNA is shaped like an antenna. These thoughts, these good or bad feelings radiate from this antenna either good or bad energies. You are either radiating a good or bad energy based on the content of your thoughts. The law of perpetual transmutation of energy. All persons have within them the power to change the conditions of their life. Higher vibrations consume and transform lower vibrations. Thus, each of us can change the energies in our lives by understanding the universal metaphysical laws and applying the principles in such a way as to affect change. In his book, The Science of Getting Rich, author Wallace Waddles talks about the law of perpetual transmutation. Simply put, Energy from the formless realm is constantly flowing into the material world and taking form. This energy is limitless and inexhaustible. As old forms are exhausted, they give way for new forms to emerge from the invisible hidden energy of the universe. The energy of the universe is always moving and transmuting into and out of form. This law of nature further tells us that energy is always in a state of motion. It will take one form, move on to another form, but it is always in motion and never standing still. This law relates to the universe and our consciousness through the realization that everything seen and unseen is constantly changing. We can harness this energy and transform it into whatever form we desire. We should realize that the energy that is with us at the moment can be focused towards good and good things will come. Good things will change for the better. The energy is flowing into our consciousness constantly. We transform this energy into whatever we choose through our focus of attention at the moment. The formless energy is amenable to being shaped by our minds. This is the reason that mindfulness or presence is so important. That allows you to focus that energy directly. Through learning this law, we see that change is all there is. People say, I like things just the way they are but they're just advertising their ignorance to this important law. We must see that we are either growing or dying. Everything is always changing. Do not resist the change. If a person does, then they will be going against the law and will pay for this. Therefore, combine this with the law of non-resistance. So we will see that resisting change is resisting growth and people go backwards when they're resisting growth preventing learning and continual improvement with the universe use this law for your benefit in the way of shaping the formless that is flowing to and through you at all times into good good causes good thoughts good intentions Continue to approve all aspects of your life and continue to grow with changing times. The Kabbalion said, The changing of bodies into light and light into bodies is very comfortable to the course of nature, which seems delighted with transmutations. All things are evolving from other things and resolving into other things. Tahira Amir Khan said, Imagine a new world where instantaneous creation from, pick, from pure thought into full physical form is very possible. What a world it would be if there were more and more people walking and talking like master creators and master alchemists, creating something out of nothing, defying the constraints of space and time. 
Mahatma Gandhi says, I have learned through bitter experience the one supreme lesson to conserve my anchor. As and as heat conserved is transmuted into energy, even so our anger controlled can be transmuted into a power which can move the world. The Law of Relativity Each person will receive a series of problems, tests, initiations, lessons, however you want to look at it. For the purpose of strengthening the light inside of each one of us, these tests and lessons will challenge us to remain connected to our hearts when proceeding to solve problems. Not be open-minded, but also open-hearted. This law also teaches us to compare our problems to others' problems into its proper perspective. No matter how bad we perceive the situation to be, there is always someone who has it worse. It's all relative. The spiritual and metaphysical aspects of this law tell us that everything in our physical world is only made real by its relationship or comparison to something. Light only exists because we compare it to dark. Good can only exist because we compare it to bad. Hot can only exist because we compare it to cold. In fact, everything in our life, just until we compare it to something. Nothing in life has any meaning, except for the meaning that we give it. It is all in how you look at your situation and what thoughts and perspective you choose to think about the situation with. When you focus on good thoughts and energies, more good things will come to you. Likewise, if you focus on how bad your situation is, you will attract more bad. You can always compare your life and situation to someone else, and it will look better or worse depending on your viewpoint or how you look at it. If you compare your situation to someone who is worse, yours will always look better, no matter whether the situation uh, is good or bad. If you, you can always find somebody that's worse. There's always somebody worse off. There's always someone better off. However, from a spiritual point of view, we can remove barriers of labeling and accept everything as is. From A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, he says, In form, you are and will always be inferior to some, superior to others. In essence, you are neither inferior nor superior to anyone. True self-esteem and true humility arise out of that realization. In the eyes of the ego, self-esteem and humility are contradictory. In truth, they are one and the same. In terms of relativity, there is always another person in a worse situation, like I said, that's so important to understand. Because we have things pretty good in life, and we need to understand and accept that, and understand that we're going to create problems even when things are good. Understanding this law helps us endure and solve problems with more grace. Uh, it helps us stay in our hearts, keep positive, remain grateful and graceful, grounded in the light and in the natural flow and rhythm of the course of life. When you look at it from a viewpoint of relativity, you can always keep everything in perspective, which is so valuable, especially today. The law of polarity. Everything is a continuum and has an opposite. We can suppress and transform undesirable thoughts by concentrating on the opposite pole. It is the law of mental vibrations. There are two poles or opposites. The difference between the two extremes or one thing is called a polarity. There are degrees or differences between these extremes or poles. There are no absolutes. This law states that, in fact... Opposites are simply different manifestations of the same thing. Here's an example. There's not one point where you can say that cold stops and heat begins. It's all the same pole. And polarity comes from the same pole. Napoleon Hill, author of the classic Think and Grow Rich, wrote, Every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. The Buddha said that everything that we go through is a lesson to seek the lesson in everything. From the Kabbalion, everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. 
Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. An understanding of this principle will enable one to change his own or her own polarity as well as that of the others. If he'll devote or she will devote the time and study uh, to get a natural mastery that's necessary of this art. A mastery of the law of polarity requires learning how to maintain balance, focus, and detachment from the distractions of the material world. Carl Jung says, But there is no energy unless there is tension of opposites. Hence, it is necessary to discover the opposite to the attitude of the conscious mind. From the Kabbalion. The mastery of polarization is the mastery of the mental transmutation or mental alchemy. Unless you acquire the art of changing your own polarity, you will be unable to affect your environment. The principle of true, but the principle is true, but the results obtained depend upon your own persistent patience and practice. Bryant McGill says, Peace does not mean an absence of conflict, because opposition, polarity, and conflict are natural and universal laws. Mental focus. Through mental focus, you can transform poverty into prosperity, fear into courage, sluggishness into vitality, and failure into success. When you increase your own vibration and improve your mental state, you can also raise the vibration and mood of others. The law of rhythm says that everything vibrates and moves to certain rhythms. These rhythms establish seasons, cycles, stages of development, and patterns. Each cycle reflects the regularity of God's universe. Masters know how to rise above negative parts of a cycle, but never getting too excited or allowing negative things to penetrate their consciousness. The Kabbalion says, everything flows out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and all things fall. The pendulum swing manifests in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. The law of rhythm states that the energy in the universe is like a pendulum. Whenever something swings to the right, it must swing back to the left. Everything in existence is involved in a dance, swaying, flowing, swinging back and forth. Everything is either growing or dying. Masters know how to rise above these negative parts. Kat Lar says, there seems to be a sense of balance and or equilibrium that nature attempts to achieve with the usage of cycles, leading us to the concept of self-organization and spontaneous order. Even though the pendulum will keep swinging in its cycle, you will not be affected if you understand that it will come back. That's because you're holding your intentions and mental outlook at a higher level. This helps in, 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 in every single way that you can imagine. All you need to do is visualize yourself uh, pushing uh, upwards in, in terms of rising uh, your consciousness. Um, and uh, this law manifests itself. Lastly, the law of gender. The law of gender, the law of gender manifests in all things as masculine and feminine. In this law... It is this law that governs what we know as creation. The law of gender manifests in the animal kingdom as sex. This law creates that everything in nature is both male and female. Both are required for life to exist. Everything in our universe, all of creation and manifestation has sacred male and female principles. This includes people, things, all the way down to our atoms, and also situations. The yin and yang symbol reminds us of this truth. This is the truth for all creation. We have, we all have inner feminine and masculine energies within us and also express them outwardly. In order to master yourself and your life, it is advised to seek a natural balance between the, the masculine and feminine energies within yourself. Creation 
necessitates a bonding of female and male energies. The core of creation of all matter, right down to the atoms, electrons, and protons, constitute this principle of gender. Gender assists in generating manifestation. Hence, the actual term gender derives from the Latin root generare, which means to produce, create, or generate. The attraction of feminine electrons and masculine protons create atoms. When the feminine electron unites with the masculine proton, the creative process begins. Feminine particles vibrate rapidly under the influence of masculine energy and circle rapidly around the latter. The result is the birth of a new atom composed of a union of the masculine and feminine masculine protons and feminine electrons. However, when this union is formed, the atom is a separate thing having certain properties. Electrons and protons are the most active workers in nature's field. Their unions create light, heat, electricity, magnetism, attraction, repulsion, chemical affinity, and similar phenomena. All this arises from the, from the principle of gender on the energy plane or the mind plane. Everything in the organic world manifests both genders. The masculine is always present in the feminine form, and the feminine is always present in the masculine form. Gender is a constant operation and manifestation in the field of inorganic matter and energy, according to the Kybalion. Now, I want to thank you for listening to uh, episode two of this podcast which uh, consisted of a little background about the difference between the material and immaterial physical or metaphysical laws of the universe, as well as a little breakdown of each of them. And please know we'll get into uh, much more detail about each of these laws on future episodes. The next episode, I'm going to deal with metaphysics itself. And its influences on both modern science and modern religion. From ancient shamans to the modern occult. Hopefully by the end of the next podcast, you'll understand why we have decided to create this voice through a podcast that's devoted to helping bring about a more thorough understanding of these immaterial laws in order to thus save humanity. This podcast from now on is going to be known as metaphysical fitness with the werewolves because our metaphysical fitness needs to become equally as important as our physical fitness. And with that, uh, all I ask is that we stay woke, y'all.